0: to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. And with me, your favorite host, Nick Tivosek, is your favorite co-host, Rado the Boss, Bosic.
1: Yo, what's up?
0: (laughs) Good morning, everyone. This is your favorite uh, calisthenics and Strength and Skills podcast show of the week we had no show last week because
1: we had things to do life happens life happens
0: life happens and we don't apologize to that because life happens it was it was the easter weekend and family was a little bit more important i'm not sorry for that all right um but today we brought a brought a an awesome topic. The awesome topic is so awesome that I just made a Instagram post about it. Actually, it broke my heart because it was the Instagram post that performed the shittiest I've ever seen. As from my experience, this is one of the most important topics you you can talk about when it comes to programming. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, it's it's really sad because it it applies to every sport. I'm not really sure why that post didn't go so well. But
0: now we have a podcast episode about it. It's about exercise selection and where to put what during the week. Mm. And I would say let's 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 kick it off, Rado. What are your first three things you would look for when it comes to exercise selection during your programming? And yeah.
1: Well, I think like uh, to clear out. Things uh, the the most important thing when it comes to exercise selection in general is you want to have a reasoning for every exercise in program. So, you need to have a really good why for every exercise you have in your plan, and you need to be able to, you know, explain it why you put it in there. Has to have a good reason, you know. So, you don't want to just randomly put exercises in your training plan because that won't bring so much. And to answer your question, uh, the first three for me, uh, would be specificity. Definitely like yeah. being specific, um, means you want to train the movement. You want to get better at, and for us, it's the big four main lifts. Yeah. So you want to prioritize those in your training program and put them first. Second thing would probably be, um, the anatomical background. So you need to be aware which muscles, which structures are moving when and how are they moving in order for you to either draw conclusions uh, based on the strength aspect or maybe hypertrophy aspect. And that will help you like fit a muscle better if you know that fibers are moving in a specific way. So that's definitely important. And the third thing would be um, biomechanics. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, this one goes hands in hand with the... the
1: Yeah, those who are really connected and really knowing the biomechanics of um, the movements you do will help you, just as I said, you hit the muscles better, be more efficient throughout the movement. So having this background um, knowledge is really, really important. Yeah,
0: and the very important one here is to understand um, biomechanics are really individual. I mean how long is your forearm or something like that <laughs> yeah when I look at my personal I'm a, I'm a lot better in pulling in chin-ups than in pull-ups but this is this comes just from from the from the fact that my forearm is pretty long mm-hmm. so of course I'm better in chin-ups because the the, the, the way is a little bit shorter when you look at it you know and that's that's the thing of course, I can grip a bit wider in the pull-up, which would, on the other thinking, of course, it would shorten the way. But mm. I'm just stronger in the, in the chin-up. And experience showed that it works better for me as a competition lift. It doesn't mean that I'd never do pull-ups. But as a competition lift, the chin-up it is. As much as I have the, the, the way to choice, I can choose that. And the same goes for... For, for, for low, um, low bar squats, mm-hmm. just, for me, it just fits better because I have pretty long legs and um, it, it, it just works better. For, for you, um, I think you, you are a pretty good high bar squatter, but still stronger in, in, the, in, the, in the low bar squat. And it makes even more sense for you to do so. Because you are very hip dominant when, when 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 we look at you, when we look at the proportions and how how you squat, where, where are the, the bigger muscles and all that stuff. So that that's something we always have to consider when it comes to anatomics and biomechanics um, for the lifter, you know. And this this is not only for those who do some 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 like like bend arm or bend leg uh, movements. This is also for straight arm movements. Hmm. Biomechanics do have an impact on that. If you have very long arms, this will be something that can help you with aesthetics pretty much. Because you, 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 when 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 you lean into something, and you have very short arms, you you will have to lean very much forward. With very short arms, with very long arms, you, you don't need to lean that much forward. Because when you look at, at how the center of weight, where you have to put it, it's usually when it comes to front lever or when it comes to the planche, should be ra- around the hip, somewhere there. This is where, where you have the, the center of gravity going there. Um, your, your, your hands are above that or under that. <laughs> and um, so longer arms can help you with that a lot. That's so sometimes biomechanics and anatomies can can help you a lot with that stuff. So exercise selection based on that stuff, um, having like a little bit of, of, of awareness for that, what will work better for that person with that arm length or leg length or torso length or whatever it is will help you a lot. And that's always individual and that's why exercise selection needs to be individual and on the other hand we have to say mostly the same shit works for everybody
1: (laughs) people don't like it but it really is like stick to the basics master them do them over and over again and that's how you get big and strong yeah and then sometimes you have to, to switch up some details
0: in the basics, like a high bar or a low bar or a chin up and a pull up, or lean a little bit more forward in the dip, or do or don't do it and whatever it is. Sometimes the little details do matter, but on the end, in the end it's mostly the same shit works for everyone. But then there comes in the next thing that is very, very important to me. It's fun. Mm. And on the one hand, I know that Rado loves to do Bulgarian split squats. I know everybody who listens to this, I don't understand either. I absolutely don't. (laughs) But he loves them. So he gets them in there. I always put them in there. When I look at at his assistance exercises, I always look for some some, um, unilateral stuff for the legs. So we keep everything healthy and everything good. Yeah, that's that's a little bit, a little tip for me. Every movement that you do in your training, just do it once a week unilateral. Easy as that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a planche, you can't do a planche unilateral, I think you got my point but (laughs) i mean if you can um you can try i'd be pretty impressed but the most tryouts of that that i've seen so far looked pretty shit (laughs) there was something and somebody leaned into it and yeah i I just didn't like it okay but that's my point of view um And the handstand push-up on one arm, I would like to see that, too. That would be impressive. Uh, But on the other hand, yeah, I think you got my point here. (laughs) A unilateral exercise usually helps a lot to keep you moving pretty good and keep everything healthy as you usually are able to stabilize it a little bit better, to to focus a little bit better, and you don't have to load it that much up. It's just an an assistance exercise. All right, Um, the fun part here, what I was actually, I was trying to talk about, and then I just left the topic. (laughs) Um, Actually, the the thing here with the fun part is, Not everything in your training should be fun. It should serve your goal. And serving your goal is the most fun. But on the other hand, it makes absolutely sense to make a a session for the athlete at least a bit of fun or at least some exercises to be fun when they can serve the goal of staying on track. As when it comes to that... I ah, very often some sessions where I just look at the plan and I'm like, oh, fuck my life. I just don't like that day. When you have a day like that, just talk to your coach and just talk about it to him and tell him, I don't like that day. Can we do something about it? And the easiest way is to add up an exercise you really like. Maybe in the end, maybe it's just curls or laterals or something like that. The easy, easy stuff that you just look for, that you, okay, I do everything, and in the end, I can get my pump, and I just like that so much. And that's okay. <laughs> because the other rest usually has to be done. And that's the thing right here. So when we have that, the fun part, I think we also need to talk about not everything in your training should be fun.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's connected to the thing that we already said previously you know, you need to drill and drill your basics and master them. And that can sometimes be boring, you no? Know? Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, this fun part definitely helps people stay on track. As you said, not everything in your training program has to be fun, and people need to accept this and need to realize that they need to do the work that's necessary, because that's the only way that they're going to get the goal, you know? And in the end, that's an aspect that should make this not fun part, actually fun. You know, because if you have this in your head, think a bit more long term, then this part should be a bit more fun.
0: That's the thing, you know, nobody likes paused squats. Absolutely nobody likes that. But when you look at how much it helps you to squat bigger numbers because you just can be more stable in this hole down there, then you realize, yes, I need to do that. And I want to do that because it helps me so much. You know, I just I just came out of my own training session and today... I had to do eight reps of back squats, and I know, you know, because I was I was traveling. I have to do uh, squats again on Sunday. We are recording on Friday, and I know I'm going to die, and I'm 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 going to die because I'm pretty fatigued. <laughs> because tomorrow I have to deadlift afterwards, I have to squat again but it, it was just not a, not possible to do it in another way this week and the work needs to be done, that's something
1: uh, yeah, I, I think you understand <laughs> uh, when I remember the stuff you were writing me in a training program stuff I'm doing right now is good, like Three one zero tempo front squats for sets of 10 to 12. Stuff like this isn't fun. It isn't fun, but did it help uh, grow my quads and carry over to the squats? Absolutely, you know, and that was fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I would like to apologize for this. Kind of hell. On on the other hand, I don't like to apologize for this because it was needed. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes the the not fun part is to make shit fun, you know. Uh, yeah. And you have to grind through. That's it. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's life. Yeah. It's not always set rainbows and sunshine and all that stuff, you know. I I would love to have a unicorn life, but. I just don't. (laughs) And um, the other part is, actually, you know, when I look at my training session today, of course, it was not past squats, but I died on my squats today. And afterwards, in the end of my training, I had to do Bulgarian split squats and one-arm OHP in a superset. I hate Bulgarian split squats. I think everybody except that hates Bulgarian split squats. I died on that. You know what was fun? When it was over, when it was over, when I looked at myself having a big, big pump, looking into the mirror, and I was like, I'm done. I'm completely done. Let's go home. Let's take a shower, and it's done. That was fun. And sometimes it's that fun that you need.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: All right. Coming from there, a very, very important topic is. Something that we definitely need to talk about because uh, Rado just talked about it. Sometimes we need things that make our quads grow, mm-hmm. like he did the front squats for that, and it's the topic of hypertrophy. Yeah, and sometimes I meet people who tell me I don't like volume, I can't understand that. I mean, either, I mean, there's an exception. Nobody likes volume squats. Yeah. And nobody likes volume deadlifts. I do understand that. But how dare you to not like volume pull-ups, volume dips, volume anything else than these two exercises? Okay, okay, okay.
1: Bulgarian split squats are an exception again. <laughs> yeah. Let's say like um, isolation movements and body weight movements high-rep stuff is fun there.
0: And the thing here is we need, for exercise selection, we need the hypertrophy part. Mm. Because when there's one rule, the the thing with this is there's there's rule number one. You are always too weak. And there's rule number two. You're always too small. (laughs) And when you look at that, these rules compared to each other, there is no possibility to compare them to each other because one helps the other one. When you get stronger, you usually build more muscle. When you build more muscle, you get stronger because it helps each other. And that's the very important part. To get really strong, you need to build up some muscle. So think of that. What is the weak muscle In your lift and grow that then you need to grow that you know when when, actually when i look at the calisthenics guys you guys have small legs small asses and we need to change that because they are weak and i can't i can't stand weakness i just can't stay weakness and we need to change that. When, when Radu came into our coaching, I don't know, two years ago?
1: It will be two years
0: now in uh, June. He was very small and way too weak. And we had to change that. And when I look at that, uh, actually, w- when, you, when you see Radu in reality you usually would like to buy his booty program because he grows such a big booty during the last two years that every girl i know is just jealous on that and guess what that guy pulls i don't know 220 for was it 6 or 6 or 7 7 reps mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that yeah and that's the point he, he he has built up a very very big booty very big legs and he can move big weights guess why because it works
1: build the booty <laughs> I, think, I think that this podcast episode is gonna be a pretty hard pill to swallow for a lot of people <laughs> first off with those two rules and then uh, followed by <laughs> <laughs> this rant on calisthenics, guys. People I'm are gonna worried. be offended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that that that's important, yeah. You know, looking at at some stuff for me, I have sometimes, and not sometimes, I'm fucking weak in closing my chin ups. My biceps is weak. I need to grow that one to get a better closing on my chin ups because that will help me move more weight. When you look at my lifts. Yeah, last competition, third attempt on the chin-ups. Actually, I would not have given me that rep. I got that rep. Thanks to that judge. Thank you a lot. Payment is on the way. Um <laughs> <Shouldn't go probably.
1: laughs> don't,
0: don't don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, and so I I need to grow my biceps to get a little bit better at that. Yeah, that that's an easy one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I had the same experience this off-season uh, when we introduced bench fretting. Yeah. I noticed that my chest has grown. I mean, my chest is generally a really weak link my dips. And since that happened, so since my chest has grown, dips are much more efficient. I feel my chest a lot more, and my chest is actually growing more from dips now because usually I use it more. You know? Yeah, it works.
0: And sometimes all these hypertrophy exercises just give you a little bit more of of I don't know let's call it muscle damage. Yeah, you just it hurts all day, all the time, all week. And then you feel it better, and then you bring it in a little bit better. That teaches your body to use the muscle fibers a little bit better, and so you move it more efficient. So that's it. It's it's you know this is not very scientific talking about it, but I think you got my point. That's that's a very important one. So when when we did the hypertrophy stuff, we have to talk about order. Oh yeah, exercise selection needs to be done in the right order. Mm-hmm. And here comes some some points in that you need to watch out, because in exercise selection you have to take care of. When do you put what exercise? I already brought in some stuff of that, that you do the, actually the, the exercises that are your main lift that you actually want to get better at. You do it in as, as the first exercises. That's, that makes absolutely sense. He's damn right with that one. Because why should, should I do the stuff I want to do in the end of my training when I'm fatigued? That makes no sense. So the, the right order is very important to understand. So when it comes to that, you actually have maybe a skill exercise in the beginning, something that you are not good at. It can be the muscle up. It can be the handstand, maybe the handstand push-up. It can also be something like the planche. It can be the front lever work in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you go for strength exercises. It's pretty simple to, to, to categorize that stuff um after the main lifts the 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 strength stuff you go for assistance exercises that actually help these exercises so when you have a dip day where the strength exercise will be dips the next exercise as an assistance as an example we already had here could be the bench press pretty good assistance exercise when it when It's the right one for you. For Rado, it was the right one to boost his dips. It's not for everyone the right one. You know, that's something you need to consider always because some people can't do it because you don't have the possibility to do a bench press. Maybe you don't have a bench (laughs) or a barbell. If you don't have a barbell, buy yourself a barbell. Otherwise, stay weak. I'm I'm joking around I know barbells are no calisthenics of course I know I know
1: (laughs) this episode is amazing biggest nemesis yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) but it makes it makes sometimes absolutely sense to do um, uh, bench press it could also be that you do some wide pushups absolutely Mm. That, that would be the same thing yeah try to do them on on parallel uh, uh, parallels so that you can just go for full range of motion in that uh, but full range of motion of the pectoralis it's about the muscle and it's also about how far can you go with the shoulder without dying please keep that in mind it's the same for dips but That's another topic. (laughs) Um, The exercise selection here would be an assistance exercise that actually helps you doing the main strength exercise a little bit better to just get better at it. And it could be also some ring dips to get better at dips just because it gives you more stability. And that's the stuff we need to talk about, you know? And sometimes it's I've written programs, so many of them, where we do Gironda pull-ups as an assistance exercise for actually pull-ups or chin-ups. Because when you have another athlete who needs to do chin-ups as is um, lift for for the competition, then you need to consider that you don't bring all all of the the lat fibers in there. A chin-up is pretty much vertical fibers. So, think of, okay, what, what, what do I need to do to bring in the rest of the lat fibers? So I will probably need some some, some, some uh, exercise that will help me grow my horizontal fibers. So that would be maybe a wide rowing or a stand-up pull-up, which actually includes most of all the muscle fibers of the lat. The horizontal and the vertical ones because of the how you do the movement you know because it starts as a vert- vertical exercise but it ends as a as a horizontal one okay. so you bring in all of the um uh, muscle fibers of the latissimus so that's actually one of the best pulling exercises you can actually do when it comes to that but it's a very hard exercise you usually can't do it in a very with a very big volume because it's so hard so it might not be the best one. So afterwards, I would actually bring in maybe another exercise that helps you with that one. So in the end, it will, would, would be amazing to do some, some, maybe with some one-arm rowing on that part, because I already said, do some unilateral work afterwards. And that could be another assistance exercise. And maybe your, I don't know, your your, your biceps needs some work and then you do some curl as, as accessory work. You know, that's the stuff that I'm talking about. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like that, but that's an order that will help you a little bit with that one. So the order here is very important on the day. I wouldn't do gerundal pull-ups and curls before I do my heavy chins. That doesn't make any sense because you're getting in there pre-fatigued. That can make sense. (laughs) When it comes to hypertrophy and you just want to pull a little bit more out of the lats and less of the the, uh, biceps, when it comes to uh, pull-ups but actually we all know that having having a tired biceps during pull-ups doesn't make really sense what can make sense is doing some lat pull-downs before you do pull-ups to fatigue to pre-fatigue the latissimus it can under certain circumstances, can make absolutely sense for that. But for most of the people, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Because you don't move with such a good quality
1: in the end. I, I remember during my first prep, um, in the first few weeks of it, um, you put deadlifts or squatting um, so that I actually kind of pre-fatigue my posterior chain And this didn't only like force me to drive more through my legs, but also I was working more through my posterior chain in this fatigued state. And then we cut out the deadlifts and I was just doing squats. The squats were feeling amazing, you know? Because add this power, they were fresh. The posterior chain was fresh and I was able to use both my legs and the posterior chain and the squats were just rolled then. So, in certain settings, it can make sense to peak muscles, yeah, in order to achieve a certain effect, you know. And it makes more sense it with certain exercises and less sense with other ones that you wouldn't do curls before chin up, you no. Know? That That's doesn't true. really make sense.
0: And as a pro tip, don't do curls before you do plant work. Oh don't don't you don't want the tired biceps you don't because that's why you know a tired biceps is actually the reason why most of the people just it's not they snap it
1: snaps. Yeah.
0: so many so many people out there have snapped biceps because the tendons and the muscles were tired And when you tire them too much, they snap because they just can't hold it. And that's another thing when it comes to fatigue management. We already talked about that and we will talk about it in the future a little bit more, but that's something be smart about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one thing with the order is also very important. We already talked about order on a certain day. And I think what is also very important to talk about order during a certain week When it comes to week, so day after day, you can be pre-fatigued from the day before or the days before during the week. And one thing that most people tend to forget, and that's a very important one, please keep that in mind. It's not like you have a reset on the end of the week. (laughs) I have so many people who think, yeah, when I do my... My 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 heavy session on the beginning of the week. I'm going to be fresh. Yeah, that works for the first week, and afterwards you're going to be tired from the week before. Just because you end your week on Sunday, it doesn't mean you're completely fresh on Monday.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think of that order. <laughs> Back to one hundred percent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not going to happen that's very important to understand here yeah I mean you when it comes to order of exercises and exercise selection during a week, you always have to keep in mind that you're gonna fatigue. And as an example for you to understand that, um, I did my my Apple rollouts yesterday. I was mistaking that because I thought I have to do them on my first training day but actually, I usually would have to do them today, and I just I just misread that. I just switched up the days because that's on another sheet because it's an um, extra assistance exercise for me. Um, I just made a mistake there, so I did these every rollouts and that killed me on my squats today because my core was so tired, and that was that was shit. I was pretty tired in my core to do my, I was I was actually moving weight that was not too heavy for me. Mm. The legs were easy to do the show, but my core couldn't hold it because it was prefitting from the abbey rollouts. Mm. And that's something you always have to keep in mind when you do certain exercises. Sometimes you have an impact from that into the next training day. I mean, everybody who did deadlifts the day before and has to squat afterwards, or the other way around, you have to squat and do deadlifts the next day. You know that. That's why I always tell people, try to put in a certain rest day between these these, these, these days, you know? And when you go for heavy weights, you feel that. And you definitely feel that. And when you don't feel that, you're probably a beast, or not moving heavy weights. I don't want to judge anyone, but that happens very often. It comes to time...
1: Or you're using something that recovery, you know? <laughs> can also be the case, you know?
0: Maybe you recover a little bit better than the rest. We all know why. <laughs> Yes, so that, that's a very important one to, to um keep that in mind. So um, that, that is something a lot of people definitely underestimate here. Um it's not only for for um, squats and deadlifts and that stuff and the core work and all that. It this is also something when you did some squats the day before, your front lever the next day will be shit. Everyone who trained like that will experience that. This is actually the the thing, especially when it comes to to when you begin doing squats and deadlifts and your fatigue management for that is not that well. And you incorporate these movements into your training while you're doing statics, your statics will suffer from that. But the thing with that is when you balance these Two things with each other, you have to balance this, and this is why everybody thinks, yeah, when I start squatting, I lose my static strength because my leg grows so much. That's not the case. Your legs didn't grow that much. It's not like you're gonna grow kgs over kgs on the legs, like like okay, Rado did, but um <laughs> it can happen, it can happen. it can happen but actually usually it's not a big issue of having legs on the statics when you manage the fatigue right and that's the big point here you need to manage that very very good and I know a lot of people will argue with that but that comes from not doing it for a longer period of time yeah. You do that for a longer period of time, you will see. You will get used to the fatigue that you have, and you will get better at managing the fatigue that you have from these exercises. There are a lot of people who can do this. That yeah. they can, can exactly. do weights. It is possible <laughs> for everyone who thinks it's not possible. But on the other hand, you have to take your time from building up this being used to it, and. Um, for that, you need to bring in the right order of the exercises, bringing in the right order of rest days in between the days. And please make sure to not kill your shoulder girdle from one day to the other. When you did heavy dips, your shoulder girdle will be fried. The next day will not be the best day to do the chin-up PR. Trust mm-hmm. me. Because The depression that you have to hold will not be the best that you usually have. That's it. And when you have phases where you really focus on shoulder girdle work and really strengthen that that time, that's usually not the time when you do PRs in your main lifts. Have that in mind when it comes to that order. Order is not only the day. It's not only during the week. It can also sometimes be the focus on what you have during your, um, your, your, your cycles, you know, that's the thing here. Sometimes you have to switch up orders in order to get to the point where you want to go. And this is another link to the um, already uh, recorded episode where we talked about this long term stuff. You know, that, that's some stuff we always have to consider.
1: <laughs> yeah you know like being aware and knowing um the order of days is gonna save so much like disappointment and frustration in people because people like think why am i not progressing in this in that exercise and it might not be the reason you know like poor programming or what whatever It's just be the the, the the thing that they don't know that you know it did squats before deadlifts and this order isn't the best for them and that's the reason why the exercise isn't correct you know? so being aware of this order is going to save you a lot of nerves yeah. because you'll then be aware okay this won't be my won't be my best squatting session because i did deadlifts yesterday and i'm completely fine with that you know that's the, exactly what i wanted you
0: know? yeah because you want to go in there that's it that it. sometimes you want that It's not always going in there completely happy and rainbows and sunshine. (laughs) Sometimes you want to be fatigued, And then you use less weight because that's sometimes it's very needed. Sometimes Sometimes you have days where you move less weight because it's a light training day and there are heavy training days. And sometimes it's needed to know that. Next thing rehab prehab exercises A very common thing is that people try to do external internal rotation exercises before training Here's a pro tip do it afterwards Because you don't want your external and internal rotator uh, rotators or the rotator cuff to be tired when you do your main lifts. Why should you tire them before training? And then getting getting then you wonder why you get injured. Because the, the these small little these these small little muscles they are really small like really small they have to stabilize all the movements that you do with your upper body. They have to stabilize the humerus all the time. When you pre-fatigue them, before you go into heavy stuff, this is also for all the static stuff. It's not only that you have to move heavy weights for that. Don't kill yourself on rehab, prehab exercises before you go into training.
1: Please don't. Yeah, it's something that I'm also guilty of. Uh, the first time I was doing the YTWLs. wls I was like, you know, I I was wrecked after that. It was a full-blown fuller workout. And then afterwards, I had to do muscle-ups. And (laughs) things just weren't clicking. It wasn't functioning really well. So, yeah, it is a better idea afterwards. You know,
0: I'm I'm a big fan of doing stuff like that before training because you really want to activate all this the stuff. But something that I sometimes write into the notices the YTWL is not a main lift. You don't max it out. <laughs> External rotation uh, rotation is not a main lift. You don't max it out. Do it at an RPE five maximum. Don't kill yourself. Yeah.
1: Rule number three: Don't kill yourself. <laughs> Going well with the rules, absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's, that's so important.
1: Mm. Mm. Uh,
0: please put in the the, 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 the the small exercise that you really have to work on that stuff in the end of your training. When it comes to face pulls, stuff like that, that's a classic pre-hab rehab exercise. Put it in the end of a workout. And don't see it as a main lift. This one goes out to Pizzi. You're the man doing that as a main lift. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the planche guy from Stenics, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was I was standing next to him and he was doing his face pulls and I was like, he's dying on them. Pizzi, what the fuck are you doing? Are, are you using that as a main lift? That, that was an RPE 12 you died on that. Yeah, I know. I love them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that that, that, that all that heavy training for the upper body with all the planche stuff, killing myself on Facebooks. I wouldn't be. Fucking out. Remember yourself. Rehab, prehab training is always something you do light, very light and it would be good to do the, to to really do it in the end of a training session, except for a real rehab training. But that's that's something we're gonna talk about it. But we're gonna talk about it in a in an extra episode because that is a big big topic, talking about rehab stuff. Oh, yeah. um, for that, we will definitely need a, a physiotherapist or something because that. I'm a coach, I'm not a physiotherapist. Yeah. Right, I think one of the last things that we have on the list is, let's talk about fatigue.
1: So you need to keep in mind that certain exercises will fatigue you more than the other ones. A set of eight on a deadlift is definitely more fatiguing than a set of eight on a cable row, let's say, for your back. Absolutely. It's also a completely different type of fatigue, you know, that lift being more like central in a sense, like hitting your CNS, but also more general where your whole body is actually wrecked, exercise, do it everywhere. And with the uh, cable row, for example, it's more local fatigue, uh, mostly in the muscle that you were training. You know? so.
0: Yeah. That's very important to understand, you know. We are right now in these Rona times and um, everybody's training at home or with less equipment and all that stuff. Sometimes there are gyms open, sometimes not, everybody knows that. But there's one thing, we, we have less equipment. So everybody tends to, to work with what, what he has, but we always have to keep in mind this fatigue management is a very big thing When it comes to all the lower body exercises, we tend to use a lot of barbells because it makes sense. Because otherwise you would do pistol squats over and over and over and over and like, I don't know, let's do hundred reps of pistol squats. Who the fuck does that? Um, So a very important one here to understand is that you have to keep in mind how much fatigue does uh, an exercise put into, into your body? And that can be stuff like I did my squats, I did some OHP, I did some split squats, maybe I did I don't know some 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 core work, and all this all this stuff adds up to your core, and your core always has to stabilize, and then you come in and do some bend over rows. And this is again core work. Keep in mind that when you do all these free exercises, you fatigue your core a lot. And that can affect your training a lot. As you saw what I just told you about, my core was fatigued. My squat went shit. It was really heavy to me. I died. I, I really, I died. And you know, rule number three don't kill yourself. So, This is when this rule comes in. Don't be stupid and break rule number three by killing yourself. You know, and the the exercise selection should be some stuff that you don't do too much that impacts other stuff that will impact your general training. So for all those people who do a lot of barbell work and all that stuff, yes, you can do so. But for a lot of people, you have to keep in mind that sometimes you maybe just do as much exercises as possible without using the core. Because you have so many exercises that impact the core. And that's very important to understand. When you do all this stuff like lunges, squats, deadlifts, OHP, and all that stuff, then it would maybe make sense to not do the bend over row because that might be the three sets that add up to too much volume for your core and then this kills your training block because you fatigue too much and you just can't do heavy back squats that you wanted to do because you fatigued so much. Maybe you're front lever will suffer from that. Even the handstand and the handstand push ups will suffer from that. So of course, it makes sense to train the core, but there can be the possibility that you trained it too much and it's getting too fatigued and you just suffer from that. So keep that in mind. The fatigue management is the most important one when it comes to all these exercise selection stuff. What will fatigue what?
1: how much Hmm. that's it i think like people have two main options when it comes to stuff like this so either like adapt the volume to your ability to recover so in this case if people have only a barbell you know reduce the amount of sets or the amount of reps you do um on those exercises or the second option would be as you said find a substitute for that barbell movement know and yeah. give you a lot of tea definitely mm. all right i think we've wrapped up the lot yeah that, that's a lot of stuff
0: if you like this episode please do us a favor post it on your instagram stories tag us strength and skills podcast and um Tell us how you liked the episode. If you need any help with your training, with your exercise selection, feel free to contact us on bar-bell coaching in Instagram or check out our website bar-bellcoaching.de slash links. And feel free to talk to us for a good coaching session. All right. I wish you a happy growing and another amazing week of gains. Remember the
1: three rules. Goodbye.